Hello, everyone. Welcome to a midweek episode of the Production Line podcast. I'm your host, Garth Wickham. Grant Wickham. And Andy. Um, yeah, so our schedules are a little messed up this week, so we decided to do a little little midweek action, plus, you know, the exciting news from last night, all of that going on. Um, we can confirm that Lucas Raymond is better than Alexi Lafreniere. Uh, I don't know if you saw the point totals for each. Whoa. Alexi, Alexi, four games, one point. Lucas Raymond, three games, three points. I don't know. I think that we should call it a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, really fun night last night, in my opinion. But we'll start off with uh, just uh, some of the wrap-up from the weekend. We'll talk about um, – we only have one game really to wrap up from – we're just going to – wrap up the Columbus game and then we'll preview the weekend games and then we'll do a little um, since our with our prospect core our defense is just so heavily loaded I think we'll give an outlook on defense prospects and then maybe touch on some possible trade candidates towards the end and then maybe ESPN TNT action how much depending on how much time we got all right cool Um, so on Monday we had Dylan Larkin come back to practice. Everything's all good. No injuries. He did say in the press conference that uh, he owned up to the one game suspension, said things got out of hand and, uh, but he just wasn't taking shit anymore. Basically I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but I don't know. I obviously we said last episode that we don't blame him at all. Like this was just, it was on like not unavoidable, but like something needed to happen. Right. Well, like, that's one of the things I have down here is uh, it's, like, from what we've seen so far in the first few games, overall, their team toughness and kind of they're playing like, a, like with, like, a no-prisoners attitude this year where they're not going to be – like, as Larkin, like, kind of alluded to in his press conference, they're not going to get walked over, not going to get pushed over anymore. Yeah, kneecaps, baby. <laughs> More City <laughs> Dan Campbell. Yeah. A little MCDC action. Yeah. But uh, – but no, it's it's exciting to watch like these players, these I mean, young crew, but they're all sticking up for each other. They're all buying in and becoming a true team, which we haven't seen really, to be honest with you, within the last four or five seasons. Like the odd player here and there, yeah, if it hits bad enough or something happens. But to see it like almost basically every night so far since the season started, there's been people mixing it up and playing with with emotion which is nice to see so that's exciting for me anyways yeah a lot of that's driven by the young players in like put in the lineup whether it be uh, the obvious ones are lucas raymond and mort sider with the energy they bring and them like pushing and the excitement from the fans also help with that we have guys like excuse me uh mitch stevens and giovanni smith who are like Really starting to get, like, this is their, like, kind of, like, not their last chance, but it's kind of, like, make or break. Like, let's see what you have to bring NHL-wise. Right. And then they're bringing energy. You have guys like um, Michael Rasmussen, Adam Ernie, who are really starting to, solid like, really solidify their roles. Vlad's always been a prick. Always. Yeah. Yep. Um, you have, and then you have guys like Fabry and Bertuzzi who are really taking that next step, being kind of like they're – because everyone kind of says with development – like 
you kind of find out what a player is at the age of like 25, 26. And then you kind of like, that's kind of like when your prime hits and then it's kind of like you have that until about 30 and then you kind of tail off. Right. So this is, the, this is the years where you're starting to see what, what kind of players Fabry and Bertuzzi really are. And early, early reports, like what I've seen, pretty damn good. Well, not only are they producing, they're just in everyone's ears. We mentioned last episode, like they just don't shut up those guys. Like mm-hmm. they're just in everyone's face. And it's not just that like Giovanni Smith, like what was it? The first, his first shift, they started the game last night, I believe. Correct. Yeah, fourth line started. Yeah, uh, first whistle in front of Columbus's net. He's mixing it up, and then same thing to start the second period. He's in there, and he's just creating havoc and sending a message, kind of saying, "Hey, like, we're not going to get pushed over anymore." Not that they were ever like really bullied, but they're bringing a like a that attitude that we're here to play and we're going to be in your face all night long. And yeah. not only can we now, from what we've seen so far put five six past you but we're also going to beat you through the fucking boards too so it's kind of nice it's it's the attitude like it's the attitude we need like a rebuild like a towards the end of a rebuild you like obviously the rebuild i don't think the rebuild's over like right but this three game this three game stint's fun and all but ultimately like we'll regress to the mean right and it's, and it's just we'll nice. see no, go uh, ahead. it's just nice to see that we can play like that you know, like there, there is that potential of us playing like that in the future, you know? Yeah. I don't think that's going to go away. I think it's just like a lot of it right now is I think everything's new and fun right now, but I think ultimately like we'll come back down to earth a little bit and right. we'll be more of a middle of the pack team, which is not like, again, I think we're ahead of schedule in all, all considering. Right. Me and um, Buffalo's three now. Yeah, it's it's really cool to look at the Atlantic, and you can see uh, Buffalo and Detroit in the top three. I saw oh, yeah. a couple and tweets. I, I saw a couple tweets saying "stop the count." Yeah, and the Panthers too, which I mean, they've been good for the last couple of years, but they've been in the bottom not not too long ago. They were in the bottom too, so it's kind You're of in the bottom plus. for a real long time. Right, and it wasn't too long ago either, like a couple of seasons. Um, I go. Well, they had they had a top fifteen pick two years ago, but they just had kind of a bad year. They were kind of bouncing in and out of the playoffs for a couple of years. Yeah, they're like a bubble team, uh, in and out. Yeah, mm-hmm. one and done type of deal. Yeah, but to kind of go back to the Larkin press conference, I guess him and Joseph they both texted each other and apologized. Uh, Joseph reaching out first, make sure he was okay. Um, yeah, it's just interesting how Department of Player Safety. There's no look on any of the plays. And then Larkin also, like, kind of, like, threw sh- – not shade, but, like, he kind of mentioned the – there was a question that came up with the Ben incident, and he said, I guess, there was a conversation about it with, I'm assuming, Department of Player Safety, but then nothing came of it. So I'm curious what they saw or said. I don't know. It seemed like any – he couldn't comment on it. He was like, I don't want to get in trouble. So you can't really comment on any of that stuff. Like, it's just yeah. – you can't just say what, like, is going on in those meetings. That's why I get yeah. so annoyed at those damn questions. Like, if I'm a player, I'm just going to be really pissed off because you just can't answer that. Like, because yeah, because you're personal. either throwing like, it's personal between yeah. you and the league. You can't just yeah, you're throwing you're throwing the league under the bus, and then yeah. it makes you look like an asshole. And the next time something comes up, you're going to remember that. And, yeah, exactly. You're going to get screwed. 
I'm playing. I'm gonna play devil's advocate, but like, I, I'm not gonna really blame the journalists for trying to do their job simply because they're trying to write an article and they're doing their jobs. And like, as but, a player, as a player, you make how many millions of dollars to answer questions? You know what I mean? I think you can deal with the same question for a couple of days in a row because eventually why, go away. Why? Why are you asking the question when you know it's just gonna be the same answer every time? I can't answer that. Like, that's just, cause it's just their job. Like, they have to answer. They have to ask these questions. Like it just like the off chance, like I, they do answer something differently. Like I, I know, it's, and to, it's tough. like yeah, to answer a question they, differently, they, they get in trouble. Open. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. At least it's I wish trial, I wish it wasn't such a thing though. I wish players could speak their mind more on like the situation. Like if the the DPS is like so like um what's the word I'm like, like sensitive to what they like what they're calling, then maybe they should you know have some more. Ball, like some more like uh, balls isn't the like the right word I'm looking for, but like have some more like no like more like confidence in their like what their decision making is. Like if they can't take some criticism, then they shouldn't be doing their job. You know what I right. mean? Like if a player can't say like, "Hey, this is a this is a shit. I don't agree with this." Then I don't know. I think it's ridiculous that a player gets punished for not agreeing. Now that right. Lark, like Larkin's suspension that came from Saturday's or uh, Thursday's game was warranted, and he said that, and I completely agree. I think one game suspension is fine. Fine but, with it, but I yeah. still think Joseph could have got some more, like that we got. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I stand by my point, saying that if Larkin got something, Joseph should, and they shouldn't. They both shouldn't have got anything. That's what I mean. Like they they could they should have either both got one or. Literally. basically throw it under a warning or even a fine or whatever like yeah yeah whatever well, like they, they should have got the same same uh, or nothing I don't yeah know. same either way no matter what it is i wasn't really planning on like being one of the talking points but like since we're kind of on it right now like the department of player safety has just been an absolute mess the past couple of years and oh. you already see the inconsistency this year with the the two headbutts one one gets two games the other one gets five grand I'm confused. Uh, ones are a yeah. defender, but otherwise, like, I don't understand. Headbutt's a headbutt, in my opinion. Yeah, but I don't know. Buknevich has had a lot of fishy plays in his career. I think You're right. He, he, he rides the line a bit. Uh, yeah. But Rasmus Anderson has really had nothing. But I agree. Right. A headbutt's a headbutt. I understand why the repeat offender rule is in simply because, like, the P the NHLPA, the players association association wrote it in so players would lose less money. But again, like if the player association would do their job and actually give a shit about players like, you know, well being so they could keep earning money but not be not being injured, then that rule wouldn't be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, that's my two like my two cents on it. It's a it's a double edged sword there. Like I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't get it. No, I I understand where you're coming from too, yeah. yeah. It is a double-edged sword, but when the guy who runs the Department of Player Safety has a a T-shirt line called "Violent Gentlemen," I I don't think he should be running the fucking Department of Player Safety. That's just and he was also he was also an enforcer himself. You know, like it's like, well, you did half the shit, and you're, I'm gonna, that you're I'm gonna just, get myself. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna get myself on hot takes exposed, but I, I when George Paris was initially hired, I'm like, well, he's gonna know what's wrong. He's gonna yeah. know what's a penalty and what like what's an offense and what isn't. Boy, oh boy, were we wrong. No, what though? When Shanahan was uh, <clears throat> the head of the player uh, department of player safety, he's 
he's another guy that rode the line a lot too when he played. So well, dude, it's a tough yeah. job. It yeah, is, it's it's but not you should not job. be messing up this much. Like right. shit. Send me in there. Like I, I don't know. I kind of miss I kind of miss Shanahan being there because he got those weird, cringy videos of him like standing in this white room and he'd explain them. And then Will Arnett would do the uh, the replays. That was so funny. (laughs) The uh, awards at the end of the year. I remember like watching those like a ten year like a like a twelve year old on YouTube, and I'd just be pissing myself because I thought they were so funny. So funny. Bring those back. Yeah, honestly. (laughs) But George Paros does he kind of just dubs over like the video. He kind of, like I, whatever I think that was him in the video with the Larkin explanation. I, think. I actually might do that for Halloween. Is dress up as George Paros and do like an NHL video, kind of like Will Arnett did with like Brandon Shanahan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. dress up as George Paros. That'd be nice. You need a girl like eight inches, gain a hundred pounds of muscle, and a nice muzzy. You say I'm not strong enough. I'm just saying George Paros is a beast. Big dude. Yeah, <laughs> that muzzy too is unbelievable. <laughs> but uh, we'll go, I guess we'll go back to Red Wings news. Um, also from Monday, like, uh, yeah, Blasher really like there was a question about like how the energy was, and Blasher really counted it towards like a it was like a play- playoff mentality early. And I know today he mentioned with how he judges the team on in five game increments. Because when you tally up, like, let's say you take six out of ten points throughout an 82-game season, you'd finish with 98 points, which would make – you'd make the playoffs. Right. So, I kind of like his math on that. Like, you kind of look at it like that because you take, yeah, six out of ten points in five games, whatever. It's, yeah, pretty simple math and makes sense. Um, But he's happy so far. He's like how the team's played. Um, He pointed at – he pointed at guys like uh, Rasm- Rasmussen, uh, Zadina, with his confidence being up, and then uh, Fabry really stepping up. Yeah. I have a couple points on this. My biggest issue with Blaschel's statement is him saying that it was like a playoff atmosphere. Blaschel, you've never played in the playoffs. Shut up. Actually, uh, he has. That's a, that's a lie. He hasn't been there in a long time. He will not remember. But uh, the other one is after just watching the first period of the Flyers – Boston game, uh, it makes me really sad, and like that, I have to think about this. Is like Joel Faraby. I hate thinking about Joel Faraby. I can't stop thinking <laughs> about Joel Faraby. What if? Yeah. Like, yeah. Why, like, why do I think like that? I mean, you could do that as much as you want. Like, I agree that like I think Faraby is the better player than Zadina currently, which is that's not that's not like a hot take. And then, but you also look like it's who was also take t- it all. No, but you also look like who was taken above. Um, who was above taken taken above Zadina? You had Hayton and Cock Um, who else was taken? Those those are the only two that are like worse than Zadina. So you kind of look right. at it like if you kind of look at it like that, like Zadina still would have went around seven or eight. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like, I hate yeah. looking at that because Fairby is like really really good right now. Yeah, the one I would be pointing to is the guy who we played on Saturday, but that's just me. Saturday, Quinn Hughes. Who did we play Saturday? Oh yeah. no, it was literally yeah. in our backyard. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. Uh, <laughs> well, the guy we were supposed to take in that draft was Evan Bouchard. Ken Holland literally almost said it that he. Did you see his club rocket last night? He's got a bomb, dude. He's not a like bad a hundred player. mile, like a hundred mile <laughs> slap shot on the power play, and it hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are they playing? Oh, it hit. Uh, Stolars in the face. 
and Solar's dropped for like three minutes. <laughs> it was a dude. It was like they clocked at like ninety-seven. I think it was just like a That's casual right. slap shot. No, but um, I just like with Quinn Hughes, it doesn't bother me as much because he's got so many like flaws defensively, and I'm liking the direction our defense is going, and it just continues to scare me about goal scoring. And I know, like, I guess just watching yesterday's game, as much as you can take, the, like, so much good away from that game, like, shots-wise and stuff, like, we need to score more. <laughs> like, we can get it. We can get it. We can get into that in a second. I just wanted to touch on one more thing that um, Blashell said during uh, Monday. It was he had a question about Joe Valeno, and it was kind of like, basically he said, like, he wants to play Joe where, he th- where he's going to thrive. And it's where right now they think, that's first line center of Grand Rapids. And I mean, obviously early, he's got three goals in two games. I'm sure they talked about that with Joe too. And like asking him like what ultimately he thinks about himself and where mm-hmm. he sees himself. Cause I think that's a smart thing to do as a, a player, his age. No, I agree. I think he has a decent amount of like, or quite a bit of potential and like nobody really knows where that's going to end up being ultimately. Yeah, the question right now is either is he going to be a third-line center or a second-line center? Because right now I think he could be a pretty decent third-line center right this instant. Yeah, that's my, like, kind of another thing is that third line, they look so good right now. But they get so many chances to score. If they had, like, a goal scorer on one of the wings right now, because I think Rasmussen's kind of carrying the load there. And then Mm -hmm. I think Ernie's ultimately been really good on that line too. If you kind of replace Domestikov with like a, someone that can put some goals in on anything other than empty net, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But yeah, going into so we'll get we'll get into the Columbus game. Four uh, one win. You're Grant. You're a little more negative than I am on the game, but that's fine. I mean, I get it. Um, but going into the game, Thomas Grice got the he got the start. Not surprising, uh, especially when you look at his past 10 games. Uh, 7-0-3 with a 9.53 save percentage. And if we look at um, how he finished the game, I think he had a 9.53 save percentage <laughs> with the game. With the, uh, the, wow, why can't I talk? The game that literally was just played, yeah, Columbus. He's been unbelievable. Yeah, I guess I don't really think about that much, that like that game with Grice, because that's just how he – he had been playing at the end of last year, and I guess I'm just so used to him playing like that, which is bad. But he was like really good again. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of nice to say it's become the norm. It's I feel right. spoiled. You know that's what I'm. Yeah, it's, it's nice to say. It's kind of like yeah, I feel weird relying on a 35 year old to be our starting goalie. Yeah, I still can't believe he's 35. <laughs> when they said that's that insane. last night, I was like, holy, that's right. Eh? Like, like, do we have some of the best goaltending in the league? Like, the numbers that Grice puts up all the time, I, I don't know. How do other goalies get shelled so bad? Or, like, like Mike Smith last night. Yeah, yoinked after, like, five goal or four goals on, like, 12 shots, maybe? He was pretty good. The, he was pretty good the other two games he played, though. Okay, but those goals were not – I guess the Oilers are horrible. The Oilers are, like, a mean. They're either really good or really bad. And they end up playing last night, yeah. so I shouldn't say anything. But I think it's so also an Arno, too. Yeah. yeah. So, he could, have been, he could have been trying to play through something and just tweaked it more. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know. I just – so many goalies just get – I don't know. I feel like 
Bryce has just been so good and so reliable. And nobody talks about him. Nobody talked about Bernier. They were both on a trash team last year. It's the Detroit effect. Nothing bad yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, but we dominated Columbus early. Like, I think the shot – at one point it was like, what was it, 8 in shots, like, over halfway through the period, I want to say. Yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Giovanni Smith, like, I thought he played – I think it was one of his best – I think it was his best game of the year. Like, the way he played physically. Three games, but, yeah, I agree. I think it's the best he's played for the Red Wings, if you put it like that, more or less. Um, I don't know about that. The Florida game he played – like, a couple of Florida games he played were really good. Was that when he was playing with Larkin, though? Like (laughs) – he had one, and then he had another one where he was playing lower in the lineup, and he had that fight against Ekblad. Yeah, I don't know. Other than the fight, though, what else did he really do? <laughs> I th- I think this is his most impactful game thus far. Yeah, yep. that's what I'm who's, okay. who's that, sorry? Were... Uh, Smith, Giovanni. Okay. Yeah, I agreed. Yes. He uh, he looked – well, like I said, he was mixing it up right away. Right. They just looked most more impactful than he even said it was in his. I can't. It was post game or one of the periods, post periods between periods. The first, I think the first. I think he was the first period interview. First period interview where he said getting the chance to play more gives him more confidence, which makes sense. You know, right? Uh, it, it makes sense. You, you get the, you get more comfortable. You get used to the speed. You get used to everything. Your surroundings. Your role. But right. I mean. So far, from what we've seen in the first few games, he has gotten better and better. Mm-hmm. Different, completely different than he was in preseason too. So right. that's kind of nice to see where he was. Kind of he's getting to the point so far, small sample size, but to the point where he's developing his role or finding his role and developing into it to where where we're kind of being hard on him in the first couple episodes where he wasn't finding that. But it's nice to see. So yeah, far. he's at the point. He's at the point now where it's like he's not. He's not a prospect. Where we're like, ooh, let's see what we have in him. It's kind of like, all right, we need the. You need to make or break it. Right now, right, right now, with the style the Red Wings are playing, like he's really impactful with the style. Yeah, and he also had a good like he right away that first shift. He had a quick shot on goal. It was a nice yep. play, and it was good puck to the net. Yeah, like I can't complain about that. I thought he played well. I think he's only playing like eight minutes a night, which is completely fine. Like. Yeah, it's and he's he he's being impactful in those eight minutes, no matter what he's doing, whether it's being physical, getting shots, and uh, I think it was the their first shift in the second period. They pinned them down in their zone, and they were working them pretty well. That fourth line for the wings. There's one thing I want to talk about, like for the whole team, like the cycle game throughout the whole game was really good. Agreed. Especially, mm. I think I think the second line especially was really good on the cycle. So. Like, they were such good spurts. Like, you had the first three minutes of the second period where the third and fourth line just cycled tremendously. You had Wierenski stuck on the ice for three minutes. And then other times, like, they're trying to cycle, and it's just a sloppy, sloppy hockey. But, no, I agree. That second line, most of the game on the cycle, they were really strong. And I want to say that one chance by that more, like, like Zadina did. And that one chance, but he needs to finish there. There's no, I don't care anymore. You need to finish those. Well, he, had, he had that one chance, and he also had another that one time on the power play that like nobody was getting the rebound on. Yeah, that was a nice shot. It was a good shot. Yeah, um, that's one thing. I, that was like kind of the main thing I want to talk about. The power play was garbage. 
Yeah, it was horrendous. People were yeah. trying to be too fancy. Um, we had, the, and they also have like the the two on one with Larkin and Bertuzzi in the first. I don't know what was going on there. They were way too far apart. Bertuzzi. They were way too far apart. No. I think Bertuzzi just played that bad. He started going towards Larkin, mm-hmm. and then he. I don't even know what he was doing, but you just like he had like such a good opportunity to take that lock that in and just make a move because Larkin was basically covered. Yeah, all right, yeah. Like he he started drawing towards him and it just like messed up the whole thing. He was never he was never a threat to shoot. Who Larkin? No, Bertuzzi, and that's and because he was looking past the entire time. Larkin was never a threat to shoot either. He put himself in a bad spot as well. That was just a horrible two on. Well. Yeah, I think it was Jake Bean that was back, but he just cheated to Larkin because um, Bertuzzi was looking past the entire time. Yeah, Bertuzzi. So, so that's why. Move. So that's why it goes back to your point of like going to the net because the defenseman cheated because he, Bertuzzi had the room and space to take it yeah. in and try to make a move. I completely agree. Um, it was like the, I was like there was another two on one too the on the PK with Vlad and um. Rath. That was also horrendous. The same thing. Like yeah, except that was Rath. worse. That that one was worse. Vlad that one was a lot it. worse. Vlad should have taken it in. And Rask, but like, I like, commend Vlad for that nice takeaway on the penalty kill and creating that two-on-one. I commend him, but that was a horrible two-on-one. Like, he needed to do something there. I've liked his game a lot better this year. Me too. I, think I wish he would have talked that last empty netter, but that's about it. <laughs> I'll go that pissed me off. Um, but yeah, uh, we had Nick Lidstrom in the booth, which was lovely. Um, I like my favorite player growing up and I know Andy, you had something to say about it in the beginning, but, um, I want, Oh, go ahead. Oh yeah. Sorry. It was just something small. I caught when they're like, is they're getting ready to intro Lidstrom. And, uh, it was going back to the home opener when they had all the captains there. Yeah. The Red Wings. Uh, equipment staff or whoever did those jerseys messed up majorly because Steve Eiserman has never worn the C on his right shoulder. Oh. And that pissed me off. I didn't even think about that. I know they changed it now to where because the wingtip comes up to the left shoulder. Right. But do it like they how they wore it. And Eiserman right. never wore the C on his right shoulder. That pissed me off. I saw that. I caught that last night. I didn't catch it before. But I saw that. And I said, "Hold, hold on here. That is that is not right." I didn't think about that. Yeah, I didn't Do think better. about that either. I forget. I forget because, like, when like the majority that I've been watching, like, it's always been yeah, the too. right. It's been the right shoulder because it's like yeah. Well, he's the first started, captain to do it. Right. Um. Yeah. yeah. Like with Lidstrom, like he became captain in 2006, and like that's when I really started becoming like a big fan of the Red Wings, just because I became old enough to understand what was going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, the one, the one thing I wanted to bring up was Lidstrom talking about his bestie Homer. Oh man. I love Thomas. Hol- I loved Thomas Holmstrom. <laughs> what, did, what did Mickey call him? His, his Uber or something? Like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I loved, Ken, one of the two. I just loved how, like when they would do like the, the Fox sports Detroit, like skits and whatnot, like they used to do like skits between those two and Homer's mm-hmm. Eng- Homer's English was just the worst. Like so for <laughs> like all the other Swedes adjusted pretty well, but Thomas Holmstrom barely could speak English. And he lived in the hilarious. states. He lived in the states for what twenty years? <laughs> like, yeah, fifteen, fifteen years. Yeah. Yeah. 
but it's crazy like, that, that guy's still going through hell like all the all the stuff like he had to go through like the beatings he took in front of nets to oh tip my pubs. gosh the guy was a warrior yeah he was he was awesome he was really funny too yeah ultimate character what, guy what did they say yet he never never had nothing to say or something like that like however he said it <laughs> uh, he's like a guy would never shut up <laughs> or something like that i, I remember, I remember well go ahead grant this is kind of off topic, but I swear, like, Patrick Hornquist reminds me of, like, a not-as-funny Thomas Holmstrom. Yeah. Like, just on the ice, like, the way he plays. Maybe a yeah, little more skilled, but... No, he has more yeah. skill than Holmstrom, but, like, the way they take, like, like the net front... And they just I take beat, They just took beatings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree he's just a smaller version of him, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember being really offended when I was, like, when did Holmstrom last play? I think he stopped playing, like, 2011, I think it was his last year at the Red Wings. But Fabian, yes. we signed Fabian Brunstrom or Brunstrom, and he and he took ninety six, and I and I remember being really upset about it. Yeah, I remember being like, like just livid. Um, and I, yeah, the it's one of those numbers that bust, but it's it's one of those numbers that's not probably probably not going to be retired, but it shouldn't be worn again. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a. I don't know. I don't know who else like would qualify the same like the same level as Holmstrom that played for the Red Wings. I can't really think of anyone else to be honest. So the other guys I think of are like Hall of Famers and like definitely shouldn't be touched. But like yeah, well, like 91. I thought of like like yeah Fedorov. I thought of Fedorov and Osgood right away. Yeah, well Fedorov's is supposed to be retired this year. Apparently, there's talks about it. Well, there was the rumor that the yeah. puck. There was that puck that was posted to Fanatics, but yeah, I guess that was a that was a it was an old puck for some. I was like, was it farewell to the Joe or something like that? I don't remember. I don't remember uh, what it was. It was it was something. I think it was something else, but like it was posted on Fanatics as like his retirement night. So it could be a thing. It could not be. I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see it. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Um. So yeah, back to the game. I don't know how we. I don't know how we got that far yeah. down the rabbit hole. Um, but yeah, the second period, I thought it was a lot better. I thought the first period really went to like the the chances is kind of like dwindled, dwindled away a little bit. Second period, we really locked it down. Like Columbus had no offense. We finished the we finished the second with thirty one shots to thirteen. Insane. Um, okay, but yeah, so just, I okay, like what you're saying about like they had no offense, but. There were just like small, like little breakdowns from sloppy plays, like that just created like bad chances that Grice had to kind of save our butts, but it didn't really look like that because shots were so lopsided. There were just so many sloppy plays, but like at like like I said, the start of the second period, we were just so dominant. And if you mm-hmm. can just keep that like clean clean play through a whole period, man, they would look yeah. so much better and. I don't like you just dominate. I guess the only the only one that like stick out sticks out to me is the the Chinnikov chance. That was brutal. Really yeah. great save by Grice though. Yeah, that was a good save. Failed That's one of those that things one. though that they I feel like I mean we're not I don't feel like we're at that level yet where We're okay. we're not. I guess I'm just getting greedy after seeing how good they're playing for 3 minutes straight. Right, no, just, what what I'm saying is like we're not at the level where we can play like that every night where, you know, you could take those chances and be, take those risks and then have, cause you know, you're going to have a goalie that's going to, that's back there. It's going to save it for you like nine times out of 10, kind of like how like 
Yeah. Not to compare us to Tampa Bay, but to like the style of play that Tampa Bay. I think we're a little bit better than Tampa Bay, and we have a little bit better goaltending. But oh yeah, that's that's just an opinion, though. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) just not not biased at all. It's not biased. (laughs) But no, but like you know, I mean, like that style of play where it's just high risk, high reward type of deal. Where yeah, yeah, you have a goalie back there that's going to probably stop it nine times out of ten, or eighty percent of the time, or whatever you want to say. So you can have that free that freedom to make those plays and try or at least try those play try to make those plays sorry and right. see what you can see what you can make work and what doesn't work but they're also i mean like we kind of said it's not gonna stay like that forever for this for this year but it's still exciting to watch no and I, mean, and I know what you're saying but like it's it's not even like trying things i'm i'm all for trying things it's more or less like making too many passes and they end up being really sloppy like just simplify yeah. it you have guys that can shoot the puck like i want to see some guys shoot the puck for once I right don't know. yeah but that that goes with trying too much though like you know they're yeah but if you're trying to put like talking about an extra move i'm all for like a dangle but like too many passes and they end up being sloppy because i feel like our passing is not like great enough to make too many passes like i want to see guys like fabries adina like they need to shoot the puck, the puck more, yeah. And then like yeah. Suter needs to start burying. He's guy. had he's had some chances though. Like he's yeah. it's gonna come. Like it's gonna come last night sure. he had he had a, the one shift. He had what two shots and a tip on goal. Mm-hmm. I, no, he's, he's been good. I think it was in the first. It's it's just like kind of like the this. I guess I don't know. I say the Zadina effect where he just needs to put one in the net. And hopefully, so, get that confidence. I think Suter's mm-hmm. been like one of our best forwards through the three games. I just want to see that line start clicking, like goal yeah. scoring wise. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're I clicking. Like they're it's they're clicking chemistry wise, and they start clicking production wise. That's what I said. Right. Goal scoring wise. I, I feel okay, like yeah. they're gonna be. I feel like once one or two of those guys get going on that line, that that's gonna be more consistent production mm-hmm. wise. Yeah. So, um, kind of a fun set. It's kind of like basically. It's kind of going back to what Andy was saying a little bit ago, but. Um, so this was our highest expected goals per 60 since tracking became available in 2007-2008. With six we were expected to score Yeah. 6.85 was our expected goals for that game. Yeah, it was like 4.6 though if you don't count the empty net goals. Correct. Correct. The empty netters could be because they were point blank. Right. Obviously, yeah. they factor in, but still like if you're if it's like 4.8, that's still a pretty high expected goals. Yeah, it's good. I like I said, I just I it was a good game, but I'm definitely like Columbus looked horrible. Well it's kinda like I don't know, I kinda like came up with this after. Um is it the you know, like the deal saying is it the chicken or the egg? Was it the Red Wings defense or was it the No or was it Columbus's offense? I think it was Columbus's offense. See, I'm more. I don't know. I'm more. I I think like I think we possessed the puck so much, and then like I think we shut them down. Like our top guys, I think played well defensive. Like our top defenders, I think played well. Well, there's yeah. So like a couple notes I took down from the game myself is like even our young players defensively, they're all buying in. We've we've mentioned that before. Like Raymond Mm -hmm. is playing very well defensively. Oh, we're gonna um, get to him. Oh, we're gonna get to him. Yeah, but like, but just like with just certain players. But I think we played very well defensively. Yes, Columbus isn't the biggest juggernaut offensively, but stop it, stop it. <laughs> hey, Boone Jenner's 
Boone Jenner is kind of like Cam Atkinson for the Wings. He can he'll he was a ten straight games against the Wings he scored or something like that. Put a point up uh, against some some stupid yeah yeah. But other way like yeah, they're not the most offensive team. But what I what I kind of took away from the game last night was it was finally nice to see the Wings. I mean yeah, it was a four one finish to to empty netters, but the Wings finally finish and bear down in a very defensive game in my opinion like mm-hmm. a lot of offense a lot of chances but they weren't going in so it's still a close defensive game in that sense and it was nice to right. see the wings pull it out and get get the win for once you know so where, I guess gonna, oh god god well rare like in the last few years we had we would have found a way, like kind of like the tampa bay game we kind of the first game of the year we would have found a way to lose the game mm-hmm. right you know that's that's where i kind of took away like small positive things here and there like yes like i said it's columbus they're not the most offensive team but our defensive game played well bryce played well and we still ended up burying well two on corpus our corpus Al, yep wasn't it and then two empty netters but you know it's nice to come out with the win obviously right so i guess we'll go to how we won the game um so third period rolls around. I was starting to get a little worried at this point. Like we came into the game, Corpus Allo, I think is was he six and zero going like in his against the Red Wings in his career. I think that's what it was. I Something believe like so. That. Yeah. Something like that. Um, but yeah, we started off with a power play, and Bertuzzi fed Raymond in the slot, and he kind of like held on a little too long, and he kind of got a bad shot off. Ooh, I like and, that that play a lot. So yeah, he, the, the feed the feed from Bertuzzi was nice. So Raymond pump faked, like to mm-hmm. try to open his five hole because he didn't really have a great shot from that angle because Corpus Allo right. was out so far. He pump mm-hmm. faked to try to open the legs. Corpus Allo didn't bite, and he just put it right in his pads and got a rebound and almost scored. Yeah, the defenseman also kind of like started bear down on him a little bit right there. They kind of collapsed in. So I guess it's it, again like being new to the NHL, the timing is going to be different. He'll get used to the timing. Still, I think that play was so smart. That was such a smart play by Raymond and a good pass by Bertuzzi. Do you like oh, yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I know, I know what he's trying to like. He's trying to do there. I don't know. I guess, I, was, I guess maybe, I guess maybe I still would have th- think he should have shot was, it. Right I think away, that was but... the best shot option. Like, okay, Corbisal was positioned so well, and he tried to open his legs. I like that. But then it was was it a shift a shift or two later? We get um. Moritz Sider took takes the puck back, real smart. Gets it back to Letty. Letty fakes it up the boards, then goes to Larkin in the middle. Larkin cuts through the middle, feeds it off to Raymond. Raymond right over Corpusala's glove for his first career goal, and he's in. Lucas Raymond is a Red Wing. I love that yeah. Sally too. That was such a nice shot. I wish it would have been kind of a cooler oh. Sally. A little yeah. bit more, like just overreact big time. But um, so I think I almost think the way Bert reacted was a little bit more than Raymond. But <laughs> well, uh, <I> think, <laughs> that's the, just too easy for you, <laughs> man. The way like Cider opened his like I don't just what whatever he did on that like little like shimmy he shimmy. Tom- yeah, he almost tomahawked. Like he almost yeah. did like the tomahawk open. The mohawk, his- mohawk. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, and then he made a nice pass to Letty. But that was a good like good break in from the neutral zone out. And I had just a beautiful shot. It goes that's, back. It goes. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. That's just one thing I have down here too. Is the in the three games we watched that I got to watch pretty close so far. Our transition game is so is 
changed so quick now. Like, it's nice to watch. Everything, like, pucks are moving up ice real quick. It's not, oh, wait, wait for the change. We'll get this guy on. It's, nope, this guy's open. Bang, boom. Get the puck down into the zone. And mm. that's one thing. Like, we're playing with a lot of speed, too. I mean, we have the players with the speed, too, like, obviously, now. But that's one major change I've seen in, in this year's it starts I mean, with small sample this year. Number two and number 53. That's where I was going to go. They've always had yep, really absolutely. good transition games. And, yep. uh, and, man, Letty is such a big difference for this team. Oh, and he makes such a huge too. Him and Sider yeah. together. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It comes from capable defensemen to get the puck up ice, to make to realize, hey, two of their guys went for a change. Far side winger is wide open or the guy in the middle is wide open. Or my deep partner is open to feed it to one of those two guys. Let's get the puck over and up quick. And that's one thing I noticed, especially last night, we kind of, especially early too, where that's where we're exposing Columbus a lot is our transition game was the puck was not coming in our zone for longer than 15, 20 seconds. And we had possession most of the time. Right. To go, so yeah, that's a big change for us This that I noticed so far this year, or for the Wings, I guess. That shot, that shot by Raymond is just – again, we had this conversation a couple episodes ago. It was after the – we were talking about Chicago. the Blackhawks. Yeah, they were talking about the Chicago game. He just has that finishing ability. He's got that shooting ability where, like, he gets the puck, and, you, and like, in that certain instance, you know he's going to score. It's a lot – like I said, I compared it to Jacob Verana. And, I, I, like, I, like, when he got that puck there, I'm like, oh, he's going to score. Just there's there's yep. those certain those certain players when they get the puck in the, in dangerous areas you know they're gonna finish, and it's like the Red Wings have not the Red Wings haven't had a player like that. I mean we have we have Jacob Verana, but I we haven't had a player. Verana. Me too. Imagine him on this team right now. I, I, don't, I don't think. I don't want to think about it. Um, but, but we haven't had a player like with this much potential like outside of the shot, and having the shot like we haven't had a player like this in I don't know how long. You could say yeah. Datsuk. You could say Datsuk, uh, maybe. I would argue Zadina when he was first coming in. He, we had really high hopes for him, and he was known as this great shooter. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, you could say Zadina, but, okay. yeah. Yeah, you could say uh, you could say that. I still wouldn't fully consider it. Like, like, I think where Garth's coming from is just, he's actually doing it at the NHL level. Yeah, but right. we kind of saw it right away in Zadina when Zadina first started. Um, yeah, I'm kind of. Right, yeah. not, I'm st- I'm starting to backpedal on my my opinion. Yeah, here. Grant, Grant yeah. brings up a good point. Um, yeah. I know it's early. I'm I'm more. I, my argument, my counter argument to Grant would be that Raymond has always been the better prospect than Zadina, even from when they, where they were drafted and when they were drafted. Like right. Raymond as a prospect was better as than Zadina as a prospect. I don't think I would agree, much but Raymond was ba- – or, I mean, Zadina was basically just as hyped. Like, when he first broke into the NHL, like, we were all right. doing the same stuff. And, right. like, yeah. he could – he, like, his shot looked super lethal right away, too. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, yeah. You, bring, you bring up a good point. Um, but, yeah, a touch more on – yeah. And then we got a – was it three minutes later into the game? Joel Fay, we just scored. Stop it. What did you say? Joel Farabee discord is what he said. Oh, of course. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to get away from those dark thoughts and we're going to go over, we're going to get into the, yeah, three minutes later into the game, Raymond gets a puck along the boards, Deeks out. I think it was Jake Bean. 
and then another defenseman comes out no. on top of him. Who Dude, was it? I I can't stop watching this play. Um, okay, it's Corrali. Man, oh, this, this is better than his goal. He made Corrali look so silly, silly and throw the threw the nastiest sauce on the Larkin stick, and Larkin fed Bertuzzi and Bertuzzi kind of muffed it, but it was still a snipe. I don't know how, but man, he's the weird. He's, he's the weirdest shooter. <laughs> I love Bert. Um, but yeah, to go back to Raymond on that, it just like how smart like you have to be to first make that move on on Corrali, the inside out move. But then have the mind, like, I thought, like, a lot of young players would just stop and dump it there because he was at the red line. Right. But, but he pulled up, stopped, passed it, saucer passed to an area, which he knew Larkin would be skating through. And Larkin, obviously, is a, the great player he is, feeds it off to Bertuzzi, and Bertuzzi finishes. That line right yeah. now is – that line right now is clicking. And that's what we said from – we said that uh, after the 20 – on the 20 – when we were talking about the 23-man roster, how this line could be, like, a real positive. And so and far, it's come that. to fruition. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. we got we got an argument kind of over it. You said you thought Zadina should be on this line. I said Bertuzzi should be on this line. Yeah, I just thought like the way the the a couple of the games played, like I think Zadina could have like could have worked there. That's but, just my thing, though. Like Bertuzzi's like he scores, he finds ways to score, and Raymond's he's a, a ball at China shop. He, he can mm-hmm. like be such a phenom when it comes to like passing. I love right. it. And it's almost been vice versa. Like Bertuzzi's been feeding Raymond. Like that pump fake that we were just talking right. about. Yeah. Right. Man. Um, yeah, like it was this was this was a great game for Lucas Raymond. Like yep. this was showing what he can really do at the NHL level. Um, I think yeah. it was Tony I think it was Tony Ferrari that tweeted like his hot take that Lucas Raymond will finish with more points than Tim Stutzla and Alexi Lafreniere this year. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, that was a good one. I think that's awesome. It's not um, the craziest also, thing. I think Stutzla is so good, though. <laughs> he's not yeah, as defensively t- capable. No, but he's very talented. Holy if I had to put money, I think Tim Stutzla is going to finish with more points. But that's I, I would agree. Yeah, especially um, with Kachuk getting back there. Yeah. Another thing with Raymond's goal, he wasn't the only. It wasn't the only first goal scored in the NHL that day. There was two others, which I thought was kind of funny, all from the same draft. Um, yeah. Dawson Mercer. Dawson, Dawson Mercer and Anton Lundell. Oh, that's right. Lundell's a sweet. The both both of those were sweet. They were both like two on one plays with one timers. Yeah. Well, yeah. One was a sauce from our boy Tater, and then the other one was kind of a dish from Reinhardt. I'm really pumped nice. to wear. I'm re- I'm really pumped to wear my Thomas Tatar jersey when I go to the <laughs> game. When I go to the game in a couple weeks. Um, yeah. Um, and then we get into the neck. We kind of get into the negative. Uh. This is a fourth check from behind goes uncalled. Oh. We're all riding the high of Lucas Raymond, you know, getting two points in three minutes, and you know we're playing in the cup parade, and and then yeah. Jack 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 Rostovic has to take take a liberty and hit hit a guy from behind, and and then Lucas Raymond had was pulled off the ice and had to be put into concussion protocol. Yeah. Um, I, again, we we brought this up earlier, but uh. Just the the nobody nobody fucks with the young guys mentality. Bertuzzi went right after him, dragged him down. Larkin dragged him down. Really, this is yeah, this is what we need. This is good stuff. This is being a good leader, and this just sends a message to any other player in the NHL. Like this is how um, it's gonna be. No matter, uh, no matter like what the hit was, like whether it's clean or dirty, like 
no matter like you have a guy that's 19 years old when he gets hit like and he might be hurt you got to go after the guy right I, yeah. I, I i don't think this was this was the least severe out of the the other three that we've seen this year i'd agree um, Roslovic yep. definitely let up he still should not have made like contact really when you see in numbers like he was falling him by the numbers all the way through like mm-hmm. he should like completely let up he it was, it was one of those plays up. where she just rode him into the boards. Yeah, like what I said last episode. He just gave him a little push, and Raymond wasn't expecting it at all, and mm-hmm. kind of went flying. It looked like he hit his head a little bit, but I kind of figured he was okay because he came back on the bench. Yeah, it was right after they, the um, the empty or no, it was it was after the empty net goal. Yeah, it was. I think it was a little bit before, and then oh he, no, no, it was after. It was after the Boone Jenner goal because yep. Bertuzzi took the penalty, and then Boone Jenner scored on the power play. And I was talking to yeah. a buddy, or I was watching with a buddy of mine, and he paneled they paneled the Raymond and looked like they were mm-hmm. taking him back. And we're like, yep, that's concussion protocol. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was almost positive that he's fine. They just kind of right. took him back precautionary. Yeah. It looks yeah. like he wanted, looks like it looked like he wanted to go back on into the game. Yeah. They, they're like, Hey, we gotta do, we gotta do the thing. Yeah. Which is probably better. Like he didn't need to go back in that game. No, I, there's no point. <laughs> no, well, he exactly. was, he probably wasn't going to go back in the game to be honest. After the Boone uh, Jenner goal. He might've got like one shift. Cause I think it was, what was it? Was Smith that took a, took a shift on that? Uh, yeah, maybe they would have threw him over Smith, but like the, so he would have had Gagne one more shift going out. Like Gagne's oh, yeah. more defense. Like they want. Yeah, that's completely this. fine. I, I don't mind. Yeah. I don't mind Gagne going out at all with that. I, I oh, right, love Gagne exactly. going out in that timing of the game. Right. Um. Yeah. Get, yeah. So. Yeah, definitely the least egregious out of all the hits. Still, I don't know how it's not a penalty. Well, that's that's, that's the thing where. The reaction from the players, like from Burton Larkin, that's the third one, fourth one, sorry, they've seen. Yeah. In three games, so you're there. That's why, like, I like the reaction because they're like, "Okay, well, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, something has to happen," you know. Right. And I mean, there's been the reaction after the Larkin hit too. So, but it's just them kind of stepping up for themselves, which are yeah, sticking up for themselves, which I like, or well, teammates, but themselves as well, which I really like. And yes, it was the least severe, but like you said, any nineteen-year-old kid gets rocked like that. That's I guess like going to be a superstar. My, my favorite part about that is like it's just crazy to me how there's like such a a big bond between the three of them this quick into a season when Raymond didn't even play here last year. Like right. you, like seeing them celebrate, like it was so gen- such a genuine happiness for Raymond, and then going toward to after the hit, like. You could see Bertuzzi's like, face. He was enraged. You got, yeah, yeah. Well, you got to think that's this is the most fun they've probably had ho- playing hockey in a in while. In the wings uniform in a long while, right? So they're gonna eat, soak it up. They're gonna be like, "Holy shit, this is this is new to them, really." And I honestly kind of like. I kind of like view it. Sorry to interrupt. I kind of view it as like when Larkin made the team, with the energy that brought that team. Yeah. Right. We're having exactly. a 19-year-old. Where when now we have two, a 19 and a 20-year-old that are going to yeah. be very good NHLers, and it's just like for 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 the like the veteran players, this motivates them to be even better, because then they right. see the talent that the Red Wings are bringing in, and they're like, oh, I need to step up my game so I don't lose my job. You know, and what I mean? also the energy that the players are bringing just to come to the rink and have fun too. Like, right. It's not like you know, it's not going to be like the dog days of the last few years where. Oh, this is game 27 of whatever. Depends mm-hmm. what season you're in. You know, and we're uh, already out of the playoffs and 
you know, I don't want to be here because we're going to probably get shit kicked tonight. It's like, oh, hey, no, this is this is a fun, energized group. Like, it's gives them something to look forward to going to the rink and playing for. It makes it fun again, which like, kind of was alluding to with with uh, Bertuzzi's excitement and Larkin's excitement. Yeah. After right. that, you know, it's just fun. They're a fun team to watch again. No matter no matter the outcome of the games and stuff like that, I feel like they're going to be one of the most fun teams to watch that we've seen here in a long time. I've been I've enjoyed myself a lot all three yep. games I've watched, yep. and that's just ultimately like as a as a viewer and as a fan, like that's all you can really ask for. Yeah, at this well, point, at this goes, point, at this right. point, that kind of goes back to the, like what my buddy said on about the the home opener there against Tampa. If we lose, if we go zero and eighty two, we play like that every single night. I'll be fine with that because it's exciting to watch. Right. You know, obviously, you want to win, but like. Yeah, as long as the games are exciting and they're in the in the games and they're competing and they're sticking up for each other and doing all that, you know, being a hockey team, that's completely right. fine with that. But yeah, to kind of wrap up this game, uh, we had two two empty netters to finish. Um, Vlad, you know, stays hot on the stays hot on the empty net, um, and then he gets another breakaway, and then like immediately he doesn't shoot. I was so annoyed. I'm like, you're known as this <laughs> empty net phenom, you and Heronic. You just gotta bury that. I kind of that I kinda made loved me it. so mad. I kind of loved it. I thought it was funny. Uh, do what you're good so at, baby. Right? Yeah. Do nah, what you're good at. I was booing when he passed it. <laughs> I, 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 no, I'm happy for both of them. They get the points. Adam Ernie's a you know point per game, not a big deal. I thought Adam Ernie's been really good. So I mean. I was kind of. I was, I was. He deserved that goal. I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I I'm on the Adam Ernie hype train. He's been. He's been awesome. Yeah. He's been. Yeah. He's been great. Um. Yeah. So shots ended yeah. up being forty-five to twenty-three. This is the third highest shot total that Jeff Blashill has had as a head coach for the Red Wings. Just to put in perspective for anyone that doesn't realize how long Jeff Blashill has been coaching, it's been six years, or this is his seventh season yeah. as right. a head coach. Same as Larks. That's, that's insane. That's insane. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Good I, I, that's good. <laughs> big, big positive going in. Um. Going into third. Yeah. So I'll start. We'll preview the games this week coming up. Um. So tomorrow, or when probably most people will be listening to this, it would be today. Um. Red Wings face Calgary, who's they're o o one and one, which I mean it's early, so it doesn't really mean anything. Um, players like I'd be looking at would be their point leader, which is uh, Elias Lindholm. Very good player. Yep. And uh, Jacob Markstrom, who's looking to bounce back this year. Um, I don't really know what else you guys are looking – like what else are you guys looking for in this game? Uh, I thought through two games, Matthew Kachuk has looked really, really good and a big prick. So that's going to be really interesting. But the way things go and – see how that pans out with like how the Red Wings are playing right now, because this game could get really chippy with especially how Bertuzzi's playing right now. I can see them butting heads majorly. Mm-hmm. I, and it's a line of, what is it? Kachuk, Goodrow and Lindholm right now. Then it's, it's Monaghan. Oh my gosh. I can't even do imagine uh, in Dubé. Yeah. Dubé. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. they have Coleman. They have Coleman on the third with Lucic, I think. Yeah, that sounds like a fun Cole, line to play. Yeah. That sounds Cole, like a fun line to play against. Coleman looked they really good team. last game. Yeah, like, he's, he's a good player. Really, really good. Lucic yeah, looked he, really, he really bad. Yeah, he ripped his first one the other night, eh? 
Yeah, it was a nice goal. Yeah. It was like five minutes in. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously they're going to be hungry for the first one. Um, I think my biggest question for this game is uh, how they're going to run the goaltending situation throughout the, the weekend. Three games. I know, three games. I know how I'd run it, but. um, Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, Ned's going to get into one of them. I'd probably start Grice again. I go yep. Grice, Ned on the road, Grice back in Chicago. Yep. Yeah, that's probably how I'd do it too. Um, that's 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 how I'd I'd do it. It's ride the hot hand. Grice has been. You, I mean, you he's, ride he's, the he's hot hand. Good. You get this he's last one at good. home. Yep. You go into Montreal with Ned, and then try to steal one in Chicago. And yeah, also Montreal is not yeah. not playing too hot either. It's so good that, yeah, exactly. Well, that's my next. That's the next one. I so they're oh Montreal. Oh, we play on Saturday. Uh, they're zero and four currently, and they play Carolina next. So zero and five. Um, yeah. they're gonna be. I think it's gonna get really chippy. Like you got guys like Josh Anderson's gonna mix it up, stuff like that. It. You have Joel Joel Edmondson. We should get some power plays because Joel Edmondson probably hasn't adjusted to the cross check rule. And Ben Sherratt. Uh, ben pretty, definitely has not adjusted. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure Edmondson's not there. He's hurt. Oh, I that's right. He is. I think he stepped away for personal issues. He, he did, stepped he away did. too. Yep. Yep. Oh my that god! Was, I saw that today. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure it was Edmondson today. I think today? it was Edmondson. Yeah. Can you look it, was, it up? It can you look that? Can one of you guys look it up? I yeah. Give me a sec here. That's sure. insane, dude. Cal or Calgary, Montreal's in a mess right now. They're they're also the stuff with Bergevin. Like, sounds like he's out. He's gonna be out uh, by the end of the year. Yeah, so right here, Edmondson will be yeah. out with will be out indefinitely as he deals with a personal matter. Wow, him so, and Carey Price going into this weekend. We're playing three undefeated or three defeated teams. Never have been defeated. Yeah, a win that. team: uh, <laughs> Calgary, Chicago, and Montreal. My question is, who do we give the first win to? I think I, was gonna be tough I to think go. I think Calgary would be the most likely. Yeah. Um, simply because I think they're just the best team out of the th- out of the three. I just yeah. Agree. I think that's. I, I think. I think it's going to be Calgary as well, but I also think that might be the most exciting game. I think we're going to lose to Montreal after all the memes about us beating them four times in a row that one <laughs> season after uh, getting twenty seven points that season, and I just don't want it to be Chicago. I don't. I don't yeah. care. Yeah, okay. if we beat Chicago, I'll be so happy. Yeah. And I hope Lankin's in that. Yeah, true. That's really the only thing you can wish for. <laughs> or Flurry. No, I don't um, want Flurry. <laughs> or but anyway, go to the Saturday game. So, obviously, most notably, like, we don't have Bertuzzi. So, I kind of have, like, these lines, like, written up, like, how I would run the lines. And I don't know how it's going to go. Ultimately, like, Blashill said, like, he doesn't have an idea. Like, he said he's not looking to run 11-7. and seven. But ultimately, it would depend, like, how if someone gets injured on Thursday. The new Jeff Blaschel. <laughs> well, he says he doesn't like running at the beginning of the year. So, yeah, I'll take yeah. him at his word. And it wait, sounds, it's What's up? Before we, like, from the sounds of it, he doesn't want to call up Valeno for just a right. game. Right. So, so, I have – I he Valeno wasn't in my lineup, okay. so it's okay. Um, so, I, I was going with the first line of Ernie, Larkin, and Raymond – so then I go Fabry, Suter, Zadina. Because I've just liked – I've liked how the second line is played. I like the idea of keeping that line together. Like, yeah. I think you throw up, like uh, – as boring as that is. You throw up Ernie, like, every now and again when they – Bert needs to be out. Yeah. Just because I think yeah. they play, like – they don't play a – like, 
obviously Bertuzzi's a lot better than Ernie. He can fill the physical role, right? And and he still is capable of being like that that fair presence that Bertuzzi brings. So that's why that's why that was my that was my thought with that. And then obviously you go Gagne, Rasmussen, Nemesnikov, and then the fourth line is you know Smith, Stevens, and Rowney. Yeah. So like you stick with stick with basically the same thing, and like I just think you go Ernie there. I think this makes the most sense to me. You know, I yeah, agree with that. yeah. I, I think Fabry is more like Bertuzzi in that aspect, but I want to keep that second line together. That's my and that's I, my and I think Ernie it. Ernie's been good enough this season thus far. Unless you want to put a speedy line together and throw Nemestikov up there, because I think Nemestikov has been competent enough with the puck. But I do. I think, think, I think most likely, honestly, it will be Fabry. I, I think, think so too. Like, which I don't I hate. I just like the idea of keeping that second line together. Right Me too. Now. And I want so to then, build chemistry. So then, if it is Fabry, you throw up Nemestikov on two, and then Stevens on no, three. I throw, it's going to be Ernie. I throw Ernie. I throw Ernie. Yeah. Oh, I agree yeah, with true. that. It'll be the same yeah. way they rolled it when Larkin was out, and they looked right. good. I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought that second line looked good when Ernie was up. I, I thought, thought he... so too, and that was against a better team than Montreal, in my opinion. Right, hundred percent. No, I've really liked. I, I honestly think like I was worried. I was like, you know, is Ernie going to regress this year from how he finished the season last year? And I'm, I've really liked how he's played. I was really taking it the way. I guess I shouldn't judge too much on a freaking red and white scrimmage, but he looked horrendous. And then going into preseason, like the first like ten minutes of the first game, like he looked good. I was like, okay, never mind. Yeah, that's first three games. Yeah, yeah, that's what I have in my notes is just his skill set. Like every everything, his skating's gotten better, and he's playing with confidence and he's being effective out there. So it's yeah, it's a nice little surprise. And then we go to Sunday. Yeah, then we go to the back to back Sunday, which I don't know if I'm able. I don't know. I might. The Saturday and Sunday game, I might be able to – I'm probably going to catch some of them, but I might miss some of them. Um, But, yeah, Sunday we play Chicago on the road. Um, They're playing Vancouver on Thursday. So, hopefully they go 0-4-1, and then we get to beat them for 0-5-1, and and then Jeremy Colleton. We're the reason that Jeremy Colleton gets fired. I'm really scared, though, that we're going to be their first win. I do not want – what if we're three teams' first wins? No. Okay, we're going to bring in worst-case scenario. This is the worst case, and so we need to talk about it. We don't need to talk about it. I'm riding. <laughs> no. I'm riding. I'm riding a high. I, right I would love. We don't need to talk about this. The reason Jer- Jeremy Colton or Colton head guy, if he, if we're the reason he gets fired, oh man, be awesome. That's the highlight of the year, right there. Yeah. Um, but their defensive structure sucks. Terrible. Offensively, offensively, they're not bad. They're a good team, but defensively, oh my god, do they suck. I, yeah. I was texting Garth back and forth a little bit, but I said, fire Jeremy Colleton. And I know I said this guy should not be a coach in the NHL anymore, but he would mess stuff up in Chicago. And I stand my ground. John Tortorella would turn this team around. And you <laughs> oh, cannot, yeah. you cannot, like, and Garth's like, well, I don't know how him and Patrick Kane would get along. And I brought up the point of Artemi Panarin and him got along just fine. They are very similar in the way they play. I don't know if he, I don't know if he looked at Patrick Kane's plus minus so far, but he's a dash five already. Yeah. He's not going to be a dash yeah. five when Tortorella's coaching. That's for sure. <laughs> he's got Torts, the green jacket. Him and Seth Jones are boys. Tor- you bring Torts, him in. Yeah. Tor- Torts is going to have Kane laying out for shots. Yeah. Except. <laughs> yeah. At first. <laughs> Kane's had Superman diving for shots. He's <laughs> <laughs> going down on the knee. Brandon Dubinsky comes out of retirement. Oh. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, dude, it's they're a mess. I, Isn't but I also still under Columbus's contract? Uh, he yeah. might be. I don't know. But I think he's just LTIR. <laughs> he might be. Um, but I just continue to wish bad things on Chicago. They deserve nothing but the worst. And I stand by I that. Agree. I suck. just don't wish the worst on the Jones brothers. Flurry. Who else? That's about it. Taze and Kane. I like those two guys, but they're they've right. had their they've had their glory. So they've also had their issues, off ice issues as well. So I don't really care well, about Kane. them. So Kane has. So more Taze. I like Taze. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Um, Never mind. I won't get into that. Yeah. I I don't need to bring it up. I've I've heard I've heard like I've read some things that I don't really like about Taze, but. That's fine. Oh, I was talking about the cab driver thing. I said, what's wrong with hitting your cab driver? Oh, I mean, <laughs> nothing. For, for a quarter. <laughs> so I guess we'll do, I guess I'll do my, kind of like my favorite segment right now. We'll do the Frolunda Fro- roundup. Um, yeah. yeah, me too. We'll start off with uh, the the behemoth, uh, Elmer Soderbloom. Uh, he's cemented himself on the first PP unit. Eight points, 12 games. And he's playing some better minutes, and he's been awesome. I really think – I really – you know, I think he's he's going to come over next year, and I think he's going to surprise people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But then, like, the one who got the most press this week would be uh, Simon Edvinson, who got on the first power play unit. And, um, obviously, the coaches – there was a big deal. But the coaches were comparing him to how Darlene was – like, how Darlene was at 18 when he – they felt that they had, they had to drag Darlene off the ice just because he was just such a horse back there. Yeah. Right. Um, but he ended up following that game. Like he played 25 minutes and had an assist that game. That was his, it's the most he's ever played in an SHL game. Yeah. He's incredible. He's, been fanta- he's, been he's fantastic. 18. He's 18. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Um, he credits his success to Nicholas Cronwall and uh, Christian Fallen. So it's kind of like kind of like the cider effect, where like cider had like that guy who played in the NHL. Granted, they weren't great NHLers, but they still have that experience, and they get hey. to bring down on those players. You put your respect on Eric Jelena. They're no, 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 but you think about it though, like quality wise, they're both kind of the same. Like yeah, they both they were like six. They're both sixth or seventh defensemen, and they like played like a decent amount. They played like over a hundred games easy. They they put their time in, right? And yeah. then like you have you have that knowledge. You give that knowledge to like a younger player, and like. That's valuable for sure, and the wings benefit from it, right? <laughs> um, but now I've I've really like what I've seen out of Edvinson. His skating is so much better. His decision making so much better. Our defensive outlook is unbelievable. Well, in, in reality, I know this is like this is kind of just for my fun being. Uh, so this year from the twenty twenty one what year is it twenty twenty one right now? Yeah, twenty twenty one NHL draft. We had Eklund, McTavish, and who am I missing? Sillinger make the NHL this year. And out of the three, I think Eklund's looked the best. But where would Edmondson be right now if he started in the SHL and came over? Because I think he looked really good right away in the SHL, but I think he needed that push. After, what if he would have came over? Where would he be right now if he was with these four? Because it's harder for a defenseman to translate right away than it is a forward. He'd be in the opinion. NHL. He would. He would never made the NHL. Okay. Yeah. That's. I, I agree with that. I'm no, saying not, if he did start, and that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if he started in the NHL this year. 
No, where would he look out of the four? Fourth. Because Fourth? I think I think I think if we if this is taking away the games he played, has played already this year. He I'm wouldn't talking have played about, any of those games. He would have started in Philanda like um oh my gosh, what's his nuts did? Nor uh, Norlinder. Norlinder. And then comes over, makes the team out of camp, and then he was where he was like at the time Norlinder left and plays in the NHL. Like, where do we think he fits in there? Because I think Eklund's looked really good. I don't I'd, think – I think I'd – I'd still think I'd put him fourth, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a tough league to translate in as a defenseman. Yeah. I really like where he's at right now. I um, think the pace – I think the pace is ultimately going to take him a little bit, just the way he plays. I think with the, with the smaller ice, I think he's going to be a player that the smaller ice is going to need to adjust because the way he skates, in my opinion – Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but with yeah, with the other guys that have made the team or made the NHL, excuse me, you have Sillinger, who I think looked pretty. He looked fine, like against the Red Wings. I thought he looked fine. I noticed I him a couple him. times. I noticed him a couple times. Uh, McTavish obviously scored, but he just got hurt. I think I didn't I like the way McTavish looked. To be honest, quite at all. I think it's val. I think it's valuable for him though, because they're just gonna send him back. I think if they don't send him back to junior, I have no idea what they're doing development wise. But I think it's valuable for him to get like five games and then like they can, he can go back to junior and see what it's like to be in the NHL. Yeah, I really don't think him or Sillinger should be in the NHL right now, but that's my take. I think you can play Sillinger nine games as well and send him back, but right. I don't know. Um, no, I'm, I'm with I'm with you on that. I, I think there's a good agree. chance Edinson makes the team out of camp next year if he comes to camp. I could see that he'll have some he'll have some competition with another Swedish defenseman and Albert. Because I think yeah. Albert will be also be pushing. But, um, yeah, I think defensively, I, I kind of, like, lined up, like, how the defense would look in pairs. Like, if it was, like, all, like, young players we've drafted. Obviously, it's not going to be like that because we're going to sign free agents and make yeah. trades, et cetera. But, like, just think of a, like, first pairing of Albert Johansson, Moritz Sider, Simon Edmondson, Philip, Philip Ronick, and then Emil Vero and Shai Buyam as your top six. The top, the, the the fifth and sixth defensemen don't even have to play with those first yeah. two pairings. Like those guys are like Edvinson and Sider can both log twenty five minutes in their sleep and just be absolute beasts on like the on the possession game and defensively. Like the way they de- the way they defend the blue line, like their defensive blue line coming in. Yeah. Um. And you have guys like you have guys like Sabrango and Tuomisto and McIsaac that are also like good shots to be NHL defensemen. Yeah, it's obviously the offense right now in the Red Wings prospect system is the biggest need. That goes without right. saying, but um, yeah, like obviously defensively we're looking pretty great. Um, so can I go into going to well, okay, go ahead. Um, another. The other Frolunda guy that you were to skip, um, I like what Cronwell had to say about Niederbach. Oh, yeah. That there's a lot that to unpackage there yet. And he's, he's, he thinks that there's a lot of potential there. And he had a nice goal yesterday too as well. So that was good to see. Yeah, he's definitely more of a project player. He's definitely going to be over there for a while, which will be fine. We don't, yeah, we don't need a, we don't need a, he can be a guy that like comes in at, you know, 22, 23 and see what we get from there. Kind of like a Berggren where we wait like yeah. three, four years and see 
how it really develops. 20. Huh? Bergen's only 20, but yeah. You said 23, 24. Oh, he's 21. I mean, yeah, he's like a, he's like a 2000. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I misspoke, but um, I, I, I meant to say like, I was thinking like four years out of their draft, technically, because he's, he's draft plus four now, Bergen is. So that's kind of what I had in my head, but I misspoke on the age. Um, can I go into like some hypotheticals? Because with the like where the Red Wings are at right now, this is the kind of time to like another like where the rebuild is, and like this is a chance you could be taking on some like forward prospects to really try to like see what we see what you can get out of it. For I mean, obviously these two guys I'm gonna bring up are kind of like a almost a reclamation of sorts and see what, you know, potential-wise. I don't know if they even work in the Red Wing system, but they're, you know, they're obviously they're interesting conversation. Um, first, start with uh, Vitaly Kravtsov, who didn't, who didn't make the Rangers out of camp and is in Russia right now because he refused to go to Hartford and has requested a trade. So, I mean, I'd refuse to go to Hartford too, but that's just me. <laughs> Hartford's not a great place. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think of the idea of trading for a Vitaly Kravtsov. So I don't even think he's a reclamation. I think more like the other guy we're going to talk about is, I think he's still like got a lot of potential. He's young. He really hasn't been in the NHL. What he played 20 games. He had what, four points. Yeah. Um, I think he's like a good prospect, but ultimately I think they want a top six forward. And I really don't see that happening with where we're at right now. I don't think we have a top six forward to give up for a right. guy that we're not sure where he's at and he's young. And I like, we have our core kind of right now that maybe you trade Fabry at the deadline. Maybe you resign him. Depends what they want to do with Fabry. I mean, if you want to trade him and you think Kravtsov is a guy you might want to trade him for, like do it now. I don't care. Yeah, the more and more I like watch Fabry this year, the more and more I think he should be a long-term player. I agree. Whether he's a third player or not, I I like the way he's played. Um, but yeah, with Kravtsov, his biggest like I know like he was picked ninth overall in 2018, so three spots behind Zadina, and he had a lot of hype coming out of Russia, but also he didn't produce that well in Russia. I don't I don't like off the top of my head. I looked at his numbers earlier. I don't I, I didn't write them down. I should have. But I know they weren't great, and I know. Well, some... his his big draft shooter was his playoffs in the KHL. I don't know if right. you saw that. Right. No, I, that's I remember, I remember that being a talking point in the draft. Yeah. So I think he had twelve points in fifteen games in the playoffs. Right. But his his KHL seasonal numbers weren't great. But going into that playoffs, he really took took flight. Yeah. yeah. There's like a there's like a potential thing where oh look at. Game yeah. time, you know, they, where the games count. It was, yeah. it was like Pod Colson almost. Yeah. So, yeah, ultimately, it has to be the right decision for him to come in. He kind of seems like he's not the most defensive guy, so I think he'd almost struggle in the Red Wings system. But, again, like, we made that deal for – I mean, it's a little bit different. Like, Fabry wasn't as highly touted, but we traded, Fa- we traded for Fabry and ended up being really good. We also traded Jacob De La Rose, so we weren't really risking anything. Yeah. Right, and this this is obviously going to cost a lot more. Yes. 
Um, but it was kind of similar though. Fabry wanted out. I think that's what it was. I think Fabry. Yeah, Fabry. Yeah, it was the thing. Fabry requested a trade. He wasn't. Uh, nice yeah. Time. It was, what happened was their GM kind of went to him, said, "Hey, you don't really fit in our system." Mm-hmm. And then he goes, "Okay." He's like, "Well, can you find me a trade?" And he did. <laughs> it was kind of a. It was a team more management and player personnel right. mutual. Yeah, trade, it wasn't like good for yeah. both. Yeah, it worked out. Great. And man, I love Fabry. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. like basically what the GM there, I can't remember his name. Um, Armstrong. Yes, Armstrong. Thank you. He mm-hmm. came up. He came up to Fabry, being a good guy and saying, "I'll find you a place to play if you want, or you could just be a healthy scratch type of deal." Yeah. So ultimately, I don't think he's a. I don't think he's gonna. Be, I don't think he's a fit. Um, especially yeah. with what's gonna cost, because it just doesn't make any sense for the Red Wings unless it was like pennies on the dollar. That's obviously right. do it. So like if, I mean, which, which I mean, if it if someone was to make that trade, I think Steve Eisman is the Steve best Eisman. candidate. It'd yeah. be Steve Eisman. So I mean, if you can get it done, I'm all for it. I'd be I'd be plenty excited. Exactly. Um, a guy you could get pennies for the dollar. This uh, is one that really intrigues me. Yeah, I know, and, and like I know everyone's like really like high on like Kraftsoff, but like Dylan Strom is a guy like obviously he was picked third overall in 2015, and. He's been up and down his whole career. Um, great, he's been great in the AHL, like when he's played. But then when he's come up, when he came up in Arizona. He was kind of just okay. Then he immediately got traded to Chicago. He was a, almost a point per game that first. The first year he was traded, he had fifty-one points in fifty-six games. Right. And then he had thirty. He followed out like thirty-eight and like fifty because he got hurt. And it was also the COVID season, so like it was still a solid year. Like you're still looking at like a, a second line center at that point. Yeah, and then and then the last season he had like twelve points in like forty games or something like that. So he had a rough rough last year, and then now he's the fourteenth forward in Chicago, making yeah. three million bucks. He's um, go ahead. He's a very skilled player, and I think he needs a good supporting cast. But when he's playing with like good players, I man, he's he's good. Um, I almost like see like he could like center like a second line in Detroit almost and have like good wingers or something like that or even throw him at wing right away and hope for the best. Hope for the best, but like I guess thinking for the future, like if if when Verona comes back, if you had like Verona Z and Strom on a line and then Fabry or Fabry Suter and. uh, like hack Ernie on a line, mm-hmm. or Rasmussen even, right? Rasmussen centers Suter and Fabry or something like that, right? That'd be three pretty decently strong lines. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. No, I completely agree. If Strong were to work out and be that fifty-one points in fifty-eight games type of player, right? I think yeah, I think he's worth it in the sense that like he's only got one year left, and you're probably only going to trade a mid-round pick for him. Yeah. Because, like, you're, you're scratching him as your 14th forward anyway. Like, he has no value to you. Yeah. Right. Where, like, Kraftsoff's still, still a 21-year-old player. And, like, you don't know where he's going to be at. Where Dylan Strom is, he's 24, I think he is right now. Yeah, he's the same yes. age as he's 23. This, this is what where we were talking about the Fabry deal. This is kind of like the Fabry-esque type thing. That's literally yes. what I was just going to say, yes. Yeah. Yeah, except except with more production previously. Well, Fab, 
Fabry didn't have the – he had one season over 30 points with the Blues, and then after that he, he had, didn't get – He had moments, but he just had kept battling injuries and injuries. Right. And then, then he yeah. ended up being a scratch type deal. And so, yes, but a lot more similar than the Kraftsov, like trading for Kraftsov. Mm-hmm. So this is one, like, I, like – this is one I'd be pushing more, in my opinion. And, like, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It's uh, probably be like a third round pick you trade. Third round pick and like a whatever prospect. For yeah. Yeah. Dylan Strom. And if he doesn't work out, he's a, it's three million bucks that you got to wipe your hands with. And the Red Wings have plenty of money. So. And like you said, it's one, it's the last year of his deal. So. Yep. So I don't know. I think he could be, it'd also be like, yeah, for right now, like let's say like they made the trade, I don't know, today. And then you look at with Bertuzzi being out, whatever, that just gives you that much more forward that depth for. Those those kind of situations and injuries happen because obviously there's gonna be some injuries and probably we'll lose someone in the top six at some point. Yeah, yeah let's let's make the trade right now. Too. Yeah, <laughs> so you go, you go from you go from subbing in a guy like Ernie into the top six where you can sub in a guy like either Suter or Strom. Yeah, yeah. Because ultimately that's where the competition would be is between Suter and Strom for the second line center spot. Yeah, it's it's another guy who he's has the potential of playing uh, yeah. high top six minutes and producing a top six, le- top six level. And yeah. yeah, I mean, like you said, it's 3 million bucks for the rest of the year. It is what it is. Right. Wouldn't be, wouldn't hurt to try. It seems to me like Eisner loves his like projects too. Like Fabry, like Madison Bowie, Perlini. Tried Perlini, yeah. And now, like Dylan Strome. I mean, one of those three projects worked out really well. Well, yeah. it's it's all the percent. If you can get one of whatever, like whatever percentage, it's totally one worth of it. like one of five, even because you're not trading like anything. Right. Yeah. You're trading, exactly. like you said, a mid round pick. Because I anything over. Honestly, I could even see like I could. It's probably going to be a third round pick. If we were to trade for him, and probably a prospect. Right, like a low-end prospect. But anything – I don't see anything other than that. Like, I could re- really I could really see it being, like, a fourth-round a fourth round pick mm-hmm. and, like, a, a, like a, like a mid-level prospect. You also have um, – I, I don't know if they'd work into this, but, like, um, Chicago last week came out saying they wanted to trade Andrew Shaw's LTI – like, his contract, and he would be put on LTIR – just because they don't want to pay them on anymore. So I don't know if that'd be something like where that'd take the price down even more, where right. like you pay the salary of that as well, and you can basically get them for nothing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, if, I don't know. I don't know if the, I think even less, because if you're taking, if you're paying. Well, how long is Shaw's contract with left? I don't know. Two more years, I think. Which isn't um, the worst thing in the world. I don't know what. It's just in cap relief, really. Hold on. Yeah. I'm, I'm checking. Thank you, cap friendly. No, but I think that could be like a way like that um that price could go way down because like that's a lot of money yeah. to take on because he's making over three million. Right. So he's, no, he's only got six, he's only got really. he's got one year left. Oh, he's only one more. Three point nine for one year. So like after this year he'd be done. Uh-huh. Screw yeah. it. I think that. So be, then I could see that being a, like a fifth if you take. You have a, right. give up a fifth. You take Straw's contract on with Strom. Mm-hmm. I can see it being a fifth because it's one year. 
Right. You're taking on 6.9 mil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I could see I being know. a fifth. I, I think that'd be fair. I'd love to, I'd love to see a deal like that. Yeah. I also don't want to do business with Chicago. <laughs> well, I want to do business well, and, and win. I want to do business with Chicago and win. True. Like, like the suitor, take it off suitor. Yeah. Well, we're even right now because we lost the Perlini deal pretty handedly. True. Alec Regula is actually like an NHL prospect and Brandon Perlini sucked. Yeah. I really don't think Alex, Alec Regula had any shot of being the Detroit Red Wings. I mean, probably not. So it's not a huge deal, but we definitely lost the trade if you look at it from a value standpoint. But Yeah. But Brandon Perlini's tearing it up. I was going to say, Edmonton really won that deal. <laughs> fourth fourth line player. Out of everyone. Fourth line player, Brandon Perlini. He's actually looked decent in the regular season. Hey, yeah, he tore up the preseason. Yeah, he did. Led the preseason in goals, didn't he? Yeah. Six, Six. or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Good story, Ontario native. Yeah, good guy. Um, I don't know about you guys. I don't, I don't know. I don't really have any much else. Go Wings. <laughs> Go Wings. <laughs> uh, big week. I'm excited for the weekend. I don't know when yeah. we're going to record. I don't know when we're going to record next because obviously Sunday with a game. And I'm going to be. I'm gonna be at TD Garden on Sunday, so I don't know what time. I'm, gonna be, I'm not gonna be back until like eight. Go I'll, I'll be. I'll probably be asleep because I worked at eleven. So, right. So maybe Monday we'll look for. Sure. So we can. Yeah, we can I do can that. Do Monday. All right. Sounds good. Well, luckily, yeah. Luckily, we get this episode out and hold the people Took over advantage. for. Yeah, hold the what, people what over. What day for a do bit. you leave, Garth? Uh, Wednesday morning. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's going to wrap up this episode of the Production Line podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please follow us on Twitter. Tweet at us. Let us know how we're doing. Um, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. All the good stuff. Check out our website if you even want to. Um, at the, it'd be, yeah, the Production Line Pod.com. I guess what it is. Um, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for your support. Thank you.